We here at the Fumbling Four Network take mental health very serious. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. If you don't like talking on the phone, you can text or start an online chat. Once again, the number is 1-800-273-8255. Welcome to the Resident Evil Lorecast, the podcast that will explore the various mediums and lore of the Resident Evil franchise, such as the video games, movies, novels, and more. And here are your hosts, Ariel, Daniel, and Aaron. Got something that might interest you. <laughs> Well, welcome back to the Resident Evil Lowercast. I'm your host, Aaron. And joining me is my fellow host, Daniel. Welcome back. And it's Ariel. Just Ariel. In the morning. No? I tried. Glad <laughs> only you deal with this. Yeah. Have fun. Mm. And y'all wonder why I'm so mean to Aaron. I try. But anyway, you know who else tries? Paul Anderson tries to make some movies. <laughs> An attempt was made. An attempt was made. Hey, so far. So far, they're good. He has made six. We've gotten one Welcome to Raccoon City. We'll see if that pans out. <laughs> I'm just saying. He's he's made six. We'll see if the I just, other I, director makes more. I want to say something before we get into uh, what we're going to talk about today. Ariel and I were talking and I went on my ADHD deep dive and I found out Paul Anderson was actually an executive producer to Welcome to Raccoon City. Oh, he must have been hating that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I feel like he would not have agreed with any of that. I feel like he's like, I don't even want my name on here. Like, don't even put me in the credits. We need need to look and see if he's on the credits. (laughs) We're going to have to rewatch it. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Well, anyway. Today, we're actually going to talk about uh, a not-so-bad movie, and that is Resident Evil Afterlife. Honestly, I like them all until the final chapter. Yeah, I do, too. I wasn't a huge fan. It wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. So, But I do like the other films. I have thoughts. <laughs> we all have thoughts, hopefully. Mm, I hope so. So, at any rate... Let's dive into this. Let's get to it. Let's hear a synopsis about Resident Evil Afterlife. All right. Did you know that Resident Evil Afterlife is a sci-fi film? Get the fuck out. (laughs) I just wanted to make sure you know. It's also one of the first Resident Evil films that was in 3D. Mm. Potentially. It depends on your version of it, but it could be in 3D. It is the fourth installment in Resident Evil, and it is also the beginning of a new trilogy as I don't believe they thought that they were going to get past the third one. Mm-hmm. And then when they were got green lit, it started a new trilogy, even though it's still a continuation. Similar to the Jurassic franchise. Didn't know that. Yeah, I did, only because Daniel told me like a week ago. So. <laughs> I may or may not have done it. Spoiler alert. It was written and directed by Paul Anderson. Of course. Of course. But I know the last few movies weren't actually directed by him. Oh. That's like hit or miss when he directs them. (laughs) But it was released on September 10th, 2010. 
and has plenty of characters that we'll recognize from the game and from past movies. That's all I got. I'm just going to ramble. No interesting things in the synopsis this time? I mean that it was 3D and it's a new trilogy. So I remember when it came out in theaters and I watched it. I watched it in 3D. <sighs> you suck. Yeah. I didn't get to. Sucks to be you. If I wanted to watch it in 3D, I had to watch it in Japanese because I, I was in Japan at the time. <laughs> I think the only one I saw in theaters of the Paul Anderson was the last movie. I liked going to the theaters. I saw. Yeah. Well, you're the diehard Resident Evil fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we expect this out of you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I used to go to the theater all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of theaters. Ariel, let's talk plot. I don't understand the. the, the I don't. It wasn't a segue. Just to, I was just wondering go with myself <laughs> how we got to from theater to plot. I mean, they. Uh, in my brain. So, <laughs> the plot of this is armor. Lots of armor. <laughs> Tons of plot armor. So, the film opens up with an outbreak of the T virus in Shibuya, Tokyo taking place concurrently with the Raccoon City incident where we see like the Japanese girl all creepily standing there in the rain and you know that's how we start it of course so four years later it has since been repurposed as the global headquarters of the Umbrella Corporation taking refuge under it with snipers positioned on building roofs to keep the undead from breaching the expansive underground facility because clearly they learned from Las Vegas. <laughs> that was me putting that in there. <laughs> uh, living up to her threat made in extinction, Alice and her clones travel to Tokyo to take out Umbrella's chairman, Albert Wesker. They break into the underground base with one clone dispatching a number of guards in anticipation of the rest of the Alice clones' arrival. The clones storm the facility and kill a large number of Umbrella soldiers. The real Alice goes after Wesker, following him into a V-22 Osprey as he prepares to detonate the facility. Aware she is behind him thanks to his virus-enhanced nature, Wesker successfully injects Alice with the antivirus, removing the T-virus from her body and taking away her superhuman powers, making her normal. Though Wesker succeeds in killing the clones by blowing up much of Shibuya, the Osprey is damaged and crashes into Akagahara Forest, though Alice is able to escape. Of course. There's your plot armor, Daniel. Plot armor number one. Tink. <laughs> Six months after escaping from Tokyo, Alice flies to Alaska in a Fuji T7, finally willing to join Claire and the survivors. Reaching an airplane graveyard, Alice recovers the Arcadia Journal from the Umbrella helicopter Claire left in. Alice soon finds Claire alive, but under the control of a scarab-shaped device, which also causes amnesia. Q-R-E-5. 
<laughs> Alice takes Claire with her south to LA, unaware that they are being watched from Umbrella, which I don't I didn't understand that. Alice was always aware she was being watched. Yeah, that was this that was kinda like um Oh, look at the twist. And it's like, no, we already expected that. <laughs> right. So the two fly into L.A. to find survivors on the roof of a besieged Citadel Correctional Facility. Surrounded by 10,000 undead. I don't know who counted, but 10,000 undead. <laughs> Crashing the plane on the roof, they are greeted by the leader, former NBA star Luther West. Film producer Bennett Sinclair and his intern Kim Young, waiter Crystal Waters, and a former paratrooper Angel Ortiz. The group ask if Alice is from Arcadia, but are disappointed to hear she is not. When asked what they know, they reveal it's not an isolated Alaskan settlement, as Alice suspected, but a ship that travels along the Pacific coast. The group welcome Alice and Claire to their prison shelter nonetheless and give her a tour. Luther introduces Alice to Wendell, who is on shift to guard a mysterious prisoner named Chris Redfield. <sighs> Sealed in a glass cube, the survivors refuse to release him should he prove to be dangerous, though he insists his innocence and claims knowledge of a way to get out. Later, a mutant Majini undead digs a tunnel into the prison. It succeeds in killing Wendell before Alice takes it out. When Wendell was doing his peeping Tom shit. Good. Right. Boom. That's what you get. Realizing they're no longer safe, Luther reluctantly allows Chris's release. Meeting the others, Chris recognizes Claire... Due to her recovering amnesia, she does not recognize him and fights him off when he comes close to her. In order to prove to the others that he is a soldier who was locked inside the cube by escaping inmates, Chris directs the gang to the urban pacification vehicle and APC, his army unit, planned to use when driving in the undead infested streets. With a mutant Axeman approaching the gates, ready to break it open, which the Axeman is the Executioner. I don't know why they didn't call him that in this, but he's the Axeman. Seriously? Yeah. It's, That's just uh, lazy writing. <laughs> yeah. So Luther and Claire try to keep the barricades up. Try is the keyword here. <laughs> Angel, Bennett, and Kim race to break the garage open to retrieve the vehicle. When they finally enter, they find that the APC's engine has been removed. Angel estimates that a week's worth of maintenance would be required to get the vehicle up and running. Bennett can't wait that long to escape and executed Angel. Eh. Yeah. He and Kim rush upstairs to the roof to steal the Fuji T7. The undead succeed in breaking into the prison despite Luther and Claire's efforts. Meanwhile, Chris, Alice, and Crystal dive into a flooded compartment in search of the armory, which Chris believes would have been abandoned, fully stocked when his army unit was annihilated. They are followed by a Majini undead, which drags Crystal back into the water to kill her. 
Alice and Chris arrive at the armory and stock up what they can. Alice runs upstairs to the roof, chased by Undead, where she finds Bennett trying to escape on the plane. Kim has second thoughts and so is abandoned. Alice performs a rope jump to lure Undead off the rooftop before setting off a bomb, killing dozens more. Plot armor number two. Tink. <laughs> Her actions allow Kim to escape to the ground floor to reunite with the survivors. With the APC out of question, the group decides to travel through the tunnel in the shower room dug by the Majini that killed Wendell. Kim is reluctant to go down there and is killed by the executioner. I'm just going to call him the executioner. After a fight with Alice and her sawn-off shotgun, it's put down. Alice, Chris, Claire, and Luther go down the tunnel, and Luther is dragged away by Majini in the tunnel, which allows the other three to escape to the outside. The three commandeer a boat, which they take across the misty water to the Arcadia. They climb aboard the deck, finding it deserted save for the crashed T-7. A trail of blood proves that at least Bennett is alive on the ship. Accessing a computer, they discover that the ship is an umbrella vessel which has so far captured 2,000 survivors for use in experimentation. Upon finding this information, the last of Claire's memories are unlocked and she remembers umbrella agents forcing Scarab onto her convoy to keep them subdued. Because she resisted so much, she was left behind. Moving deeper into the bowels of the ship, the three find capsules containing outbreak survivors. Kmart is the first to be released. Heading into another area, Alice is confronted by an infected and twitchy Albert Wesker, who had managed to survive the plane crash in Tokyo. A sickly Bennett comes up behind Alice and disarms her, and Wesker has used the T-Virus to heal Bennett's injuries from the plane crash in exchange for his services, but Bennett does not know he's infected. With the help from Chris and Claire, whom Wesker knows of, Alice is able to retrieve one of her shotguns and kills two undead dogs used as Wesker's bodyguards. Before Alice can fight him, Wesker succeeds in encapsulating Chris and Claire. Wesker proceeds to mutate in a similar fashion to the Majini undead and tries to eat Alice. Alice stabs Wesker in the head, which stops him momentarily. Kmart, meanwhile, knocks out Bennett and hands Alice back another of her shotguns, which she uses to blast Wesker's head open. Alice releases Chris and Claire from containment, and they begin emptying their handguns on the downed Wesker. The four leave Wesker behind with Bennett, who they seal in the chamber as food for Wesker. As the gang prepare to release the 20,000-plus last subjects, test subjects, it becomes clear that Wesker has regenerated from eating Bennett. They track him down to a hangar bay, where he tries to flee in the same way he did in Tokyo. Unlucky for him, he finds the bomb to be on his own plane, and he is seemingly killed in an explosion over the ocean. A parachute falling from the sky goes unnoticed. 
Later, the test subjects remain, regain consciousness and congregate on the deck, and Luther is revealed to have escaped from the undead and made it to the shore. The celebrations are cut short by a squadron of Ospreys, commanded by Jill Valentine, also wearing a scarab as part of an umbrella counterattack. QRE5. Plot armor. <laughs> Whiff. Whiff. So, in a nutshell, a lot fucking happened in this movie, and there was a lot of things thrown in. Yeah, yeah and there was a huge reference to five in this movie. Mm-hmm. Huge reference. Which I enjoy, to an extent. But we'll get in that discussion. Yeah, we'll get in that discussion episode. So, in the meantime, I think this is the perfect time for us to go to our mid-break. Well, here we are in the middle of the show. Ariel. Don't make me do it. Do it. People people pay good money for this. It's awful middly in here. (laughs) I don't think anybody pays for this part right here. Nobody. If you do, let us know in the Discord. <laughs> so I can prove Ariel wrong. No, you all know that they're going to prove me wrong. They're going to say, we don't pay for that. Anyway, you know what we do in the middle of the show? Thank our patrons. Yes! So we have to thank our patrons, such as our VIP patrons, Angelus Mortis, Oracle, Cerberus91, Chris Slate, Donnie Shanks, Everything Res Evil, Jay Zoobs, Lord Salazar, Naked Mango, Pocket Comet, The Compound, The Pumpkin King, The Seven Sins, and William Jackson. And of course, our all-access patrons, Dead Socks, Edward Parks, Jeremy Kelly, oh, damn it, <laughs> Joseph Seknenden, I'm, I'm trying, <laughs> and Remington Cloutier. And then, of course, our official patrons, Ryan Black, Santa Beast 72, and some random guy. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, patrons. Yes, thank you. We do greatly appreciate it. And thank you, listeners, because without you, we wouldn't have a show. We wouldn't? No, we wouldn't have downloads. (laughs) Good point. You know. Then it would just be like, okay, we're just uploading episodes just to hear ourselves talk. Yeah, nobody wants to do that. (laughs) But um, I do have an announcement to make real quick. So a couple weeks back, we announced, uh, well, the compound announced uh, that they were going to give away some minis to people who contacted us and to the patrons they were in the patron chat and just they're they're giving away all these minis and it's freaking awesome of them and i'm still compiling the list and right now i believe last time i checked we still have four slots available out of the 25 that the compound has agreed to give we have four available slots so if you still want a mini you need to reach out to me at the email that is down in the show notes and let me know. Or you can reach out to us on Discord. Or if you're a patron, just send me a Patreon message. But if you've already sent a message, you're already on the list. So you don't have to worry. You should have got a confirmation email from me already saying that you're on the list. You've made it. 
Um, and if you haven't gotten one by this episode, you'll probably be getting one the day this drops. <laughs> but for those of you who still want one, there are four slots available. So that is the announcement I have to make about those. Yeah, you'll definitely want to get those minis. They are awesome. And it's super awesome of the compound to do that. Mm-hmm. That was super awesome. I can't. There's no other words. There's just no other words. (laughs) So, with that being said, Daniel, what'd you bring? What? What'd you bring? Plot armor. Tink. Yeah, tink. Tink. Hear that? That's the sound of whatever you were thinking bouncing off of me. This is what it sounds like when doves cry. (laughs) Get out. (laughs) So, speaking of plot armor, if you need plot armor for your vehicle... Oh boy. In the form of a sunshade. Oh. So it is armor for your vehicle. In a sense. Sun armor. Yes. <laughs> Much like me, it avoids the sun. <laughs> for you listeners out here, Daniel is very, very pale. The very sun, white. The sun is my enemy. <laughs> but, anyways, aside from my enemy sun, uh, if you want to protect your vehicle with this plot armor, you can go to. <laughs> Not gonna be able to get through this because Aaron can't even handle plot armor. <laughs> can't. Uh, go on. I'm sorry. I'll think about it. So you can go to unifins.com. That is U-N-I-F-I-N-Z.com, and you can look up Resident Evil Windshield Sunshade. It has the Resident Evil logo. It does look like there's blood splatter across it. It looks like it runs $28.99 on sale. It is normally $58.95. Not sure what shipping is exactly. It says its dimensions is 57 by 27 and a half inches. And it fits most cars, trucks, and SUVs. So if you need some window plot armor, then this is what you need from unifens.com. And Ariel will definitely have that in the show. So if you get it, send us a message. Or no, post it in Discord and I will make it a meme. Oh my goodness. A plot armor meme. Dear Lord, help us all. He will too. (laughs) Yeah. He will. He literally makes like 20 memes a day. If only. 20 memes an hour, you mean? Yeah. That's all I got before I add more to this plot armor. Oh my God. It's thickening. So Ariel... What do you have? The blood armor. It's thickening. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I read an article, much like I always do. And this one comes from Eurogamer. And the title is, Surprise, Resident Evil 4 Remake has microtransactions now. Oh, my God. I was wondering when we were going to talk about this. Yes. Yes. So Capcom has added microtransactions to RE4 Remake two weeks after the action horror was released. The premium content added alongside the much-anticipated and free Mercenaries DLC mode has been introduced to give players access to a weapon's exclusive upgrade at any time. Although there have been no formal word from Capcom that the microtransactions were coming... Exclusive upgrade tickets popped up on digital storefronts just before the weekend. So, essentially, you buy tickets with real, real money. 
And then you use those tickets to upgrade your weapons. That's what you get. Here you go. Yeah. It's kind of a disappointment, to be honest. I mean, cool. Now you can just upgrade your weapons, but... You know, we kind of got used to just buying the weapons. Part of the fun is grinding it until you get it. Continue. <laughs> no, that's basically what I've got. So, <coughs> go on your tirade. Okay, good. Tirade opening. Here we go. I am okay with certain microtransactions. A new skin. The ability to unlock all the DLC by paying like five bucks. Like some people just don't have the time to dedicate to completing a game on Inferno Hell Hardcore Ridiculously Difficult Mode or Patience. <laughs> so I always enjoyed when they started dropping those of, hey, you can pay real money and you can unlock every aspect of this game. You don't have to spend all this time grinding it. That was cool. I still got to enjoy the game. I got to enjoy the extra stuff. And it was cool. What I don't agree with is something that you can already do for free. Very easily in the game. They're now making it microtransactionable from the start for you to be able to upgrade your weapons to max just so they can milk more money out of you. I get... Because there's going to be fans that are going to point out, well, that argument's very similar to what you just said you're okay with. It is, but it isn't. Because this is literally just upgrading a gun. You pay $2.99 to upgrade a handgun. Whereas it was like anywhere from $2.99 to $5 to be able to unlock all of the extra you know, content back in the day. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. Because now you're wanting me to pay the same amount for less of something that I can already do very easily. Yeah, because just to upgrade the weapons is just getting the money mm-hmm. in the game and selling treasure and, you know, doing all that stuff just to get the money to do that. Whereas, like, the other stuff, you kind of have to do a whole lot more for. Yeah. Complete the game on S rank in less than eight hours and also, yeah, it has to be on Ridiculously Inferno Hardcore Death Mode. Uh, what? Yeah, I'm not going to get my Chicago typewriter. Uh, unless they drop that, you know, you can pay X and you get unlock everything. Yeah, you know what? I will 100% pay whatever I have to to get the Chicago typewriter. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. I will. Because that was my favorite in the original. Yeah. And I don't even care. I'll pay. I'll pay real money for it. Mm. Don't even care. You know, it's... It's just, I feel like it's another turn for them to try and milk more money out of us fans. Yeah, I mean, it's whatever. I'm not going to, like, bitch about it solely just because, you know, if you don't like it, don't pay for it. Yeah. Type of thing. And there's people out there that I'm sure, like, absolutely love that. So that's great. I just brought the article forth for people that maybe didn't know that these were out yet. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, if... Honestly, like, if you want to pay money to go upgrade your weapons, go for it. They've You've got the tickets now. Yep. And all devil's advocate, Ariel's right. It may not be for me, but that doesn't mean that it's not a good thing for some people. Yeah. 
because the game is stupidly hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to go too much into the game because, yes, we are going to do episodes on the RE4 remake. Mm -hmm. I am just waiting until it's been out for just a little bit longer. It just came out a couple weeks ago. Let's let some people play it, you know, first before Mm -hmm. we just drop massive spoilers and um, yeah, so be on the lookout for that. That Those episodes will be coming out relatively soon. I'm excited to talk yes. about it. Uh, well, anyway, thank you for the article, Ariel. Yeah, 20 minutes later. <laughs> well, I brought something that I think you're going to think is cool. And this comes to us from Etsy. And the content creator is Real VHS Lamps. Um, if that is what the product is, I want it. And I don't even know what a VHS lamp is, but I want it. It is legitimately a VHS lamp. They have converted VHS tapes into lamps. For real? For real. Are you bullshitting me right now? I am not bullshitting you. For real, right now. Okay, I want it. (laughs) So... The one I brought for you specifically today is the retro VHS lamp Resident Evil. That's right. They have taken the Resident Evil VHS tape and converted it into an LED lamp for only $19.90. I'm waiting for like this, like you're just bullshitting me moment here. Nope, 100% real. So you can select different LED colors, blue, green, purple, yellow, white, or red. And you can also select different power options, varying in price from $19.90 all the way up to $40.99. And what you, the options you have is you can get a AA battery, AA battery plus clock in your VHS tape, remote control USB, Bluetooth controller, AA battery plus a speaker, USB remote plus speaker, or Bluetooth plus speaker. The speaker option on this is pretty fucking cool. Let me think about it. You can link it up and listen to your movie, your Resident Evil movie, through your Resident Evil VHS tape. Holy shit, you're not joking. I'm not joking. <laughs> okay, I want this. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they sell fast. Um, right now, there is... Uh, there's really only one left, but it looks like they stock quite often. So I think that might be just be like one left of this batch. Um, but they do have other VHS tapes in this store that you can choose from, um, from like things like Star Wars, um, you know, Goonies. You got all kinds of different options. If it's a VHS tape and they have it, they can probably make it into a light. Goonies never say die. Goonies never say die. So that is what I have for you today. And that link will be in the show notes. And no, I wasn't fucking with you. It's a real thing. I want it. <laughs> also want a Goonies one. And now I want a Baby Roof. Baby Roof. So I guess that's the end of this uh, mid-break, isn't it, Ariel? Yep. So guess what I got today, actually? <laughs> this is an actual thing. <clears throat> What'd you get today? Uh, set of Black Obsidian Dice. Oh. <gasps> Well, I ordered it. I didn't get it today. I ordered it today. I was going to say that'd be pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> you know where I got it? 
fan roll dice. Oh, tell me more. Yeah. I went over to fan roll dice, looked at their gemstone dice, picked that one out because I've had my eye on that for quite a while, actually. I even used our promo code, almightyc10, which is A-L-L, mighty, the letter C, and 10, and saved myself 10% off of that purchase of that, and I also got a set of misfit dice. Yeah, I'd say myself eight bucks. How much did it come to all together? It was like 80. 80 bucks? Yeah, for a set of uh, the Obsidian Dice and the Misfit. And they threw in a free set of, what was it, Celestial Blossom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like a $15 set of dice that I got for free. And they're doing that for every order over a certain amount, too, currently. That was awesome. So you get 10% off and a free set of $15 dice. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not really just suggestive selling to you. This really did happen today. I did order that set, both of those sets, and got the free ones. So, yeah. How so, many sets do you have from them right now? Um, one, two, three, one, four at least four and I've got what three on the way mm-hmm. so yeah I have a lot of dice so <laughs> it's hard to keep track of but yeah I think I think I have four sets sitting here and then I got three on the way so so you heard it here order shit from Fanroll. do it and save yourself 10% off by using our promo code which that will be in the show notes as well. And if you do it now, you'll get a free set of dice if you order over a certain amount. Yeah. Do it. Do it now. (laughs) So that's a word from our sponsor, huh? Yeah. And now it's time to go to the end of the show. It really is this time. (gasps) (gasps) Well, here we are. For real, at the end of the show now. <clears throat> and we only have uh, a few more things to go over, don't we? I believe it's a list of characters and a list of B.O.W.s, isn't it? Uh, possibly. Make it happen. Make it so. Make it so. Wait, this isn't Star Trek. <laughs> but I would not be angry if it wasn't. Or if it was. I was thinking, I was like, so you would be angry if it was? No, I like Star Trek, but anyways. <laughs> but anywho. Let's, uh, let's hear that list of B.O.W.'s. B.O.W.'s first. So it's a short list. So we have the Majini Undead. The Axeman, a.k.a. Executioner. Yes. The Undead Dogs. And oh, well. Bow wow. No, get out. <laughs> and zombies, of course. 10,000 or more to be exact. Yeah, they were very like precise with their number 10,000. I'm surprised they didn't miss one. There's only 10,000. I want to know who sat there and counted them all. Probably Bennett. <laughs> he would have had uh, Kim do it. Yeah. Well, but, but by association, Bennett would have done it. <laughs> he was taking credit. Anyways... <laughs> I liked the introduction of a couple new things with the Axeman and the Majini. Mm-hmm. Well, Axeman, Executioner. I liked the introduction of a little bit uh, different BOWs this time. That's all I've got on BOWs currently. 
currently. Currently. I just want to be a part of this thing you guys are doing. No, get out. <laughs> All right. So what do we got for a list of characters in Ariel? All right. Let me go through this list here. We have Alice, of course, Claire, Bennett Sinclair, Albert Wesker, Angel Ortiz, Kmart, Luther West, Chris Redfield, Jill Valentine, Crystal Waters, Kim Young, Wendell, Captain Hotaka. And that is about it. Other than Sniper 1 and Sniper 2. <laughs> Technician 1, Duty Officer. Technician 2. This might be the shortest list of characters we've had in one of these movies. Wait, here's the best one. J-Pop Girl. Who was the J-pop girl? I wonder if that's the zombie. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, that I think it was the girl in the beginning. Oh yeah, because then it has the businessman, Takato Yamashita, who like stared at her like, <laughs> the weirdest. "Bitch, what, what the, you doing? The fuck is wrong with you? Where's your umbrella?" <laughs> oh my god, why are you ripping my throat out? Oh no. <laughs> I doubt that's what. Oh no. Why are you ripping my throat out? Why? Oh no. But Jay. yeah, that's my list of characters. That is not a very lengthy list of characters. <laughs> no, but it does. I was excited about uh, them bringing in Chris. Mm hmm. And Wesker getting some showtime now. Yeah. Yeah. I got thoughts on both. But we'll have to save them until next episode. Uh, of course. Well, next episode, the discussion episode. Yeah, that's usually how it works. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, is there anything else you two would like to add? Uh, no, since we can't discuss anything until it's the discussion episode. Oh, my gosh. Well, I don't have Easter eggs that I want to talk about right now, still, uh, because... Uh, other than like certain things like um, did you know that the costume design of Claire in this movie was later adapted to the manga really it was yeah so uh, this this is a subtle hint of why I have not been dropping easter eggs because at this point in the movies Capcom has learned to accept and show love to the Paul Anderson movies in a lot of the way they do their games and their other content, they've actually started to make some things canon-esque in the actual RE universe. Well, you can really tell, at least in this in this movie, the huge references now mm -hmm. to the games instead of just the subtle nods of having like the characters and like Raccoon City, but now it's like it's a lot there was a lot of references from the video games into the movies starting with afterlife yeah which is awesome yeah now we're getting some big hits and we're gonna keep getting these big hints and hits in the actual franchise from this point forward i believe yeah except for final chapter but <sighs> retribution has a lot of oh, yeah. um a lot of nods to the video games so uh well on that note since there's nothing else to add 
except for I like the um, Queen Zenobia little thing. Oh yeah, the Arcadia Queen Zenobia thing. Yeah, that is that's a nice little nod too. Save it for discussion. (laughs) Well, on that note, thank you all for listening. Tune in next week. Bye. Tink with the plot armor. Bye. Thanks for joining us tonight on the Resident Evil Lurecast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, tell a friend. Leave a comment and review. If you want to keep chatting with us about all things Resident Evil, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord. You can also chat with us at RE Lurecast on Twitter. Till next time, stay safe out there. And remember, we might have something that might interest you, stranger.